Hello, and welcome to Manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Deb Aoki, Christopher Butcher, Chip Zdarsky, and myself, David Brothers. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com. This week, this was my pick. It's kind of hard for me to explain because I like it a lot, but it's called City by Keiji Arawi. And the short version is that it's just sort of a manga, a comedy manga, about a city where just ridiculously horrible and funny things keep happening to literally everyone in the city. It's sort of like in comedy, there's like, you know, the Joker and the straight man. This is just all Jokers. And they kind of cycle <laughs> in and out of the straight man position. Arui's debut work happened in 2006. And then later that year, Nichijo, the series where I first like discovered his work, debuted. Nichijo translates to Everyday. And it's essentially the exact same manga as City, but set in the high school with a slightly smaller cast and less continuity. But same level of just like over the topness, like cartooniness and that sort of thing. And this series really makes me laugh and I could never properly explain why, but it's something about the pacing, something about the comedy. It just like perfectly fits the bill for me. And, you know, I grew up on like Space Ghost, Coast to Coast and Rocky and Bullwinkle. If I had named like my two biggest like comedic influences. <laughs> this explains so much. It makes it. sense, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I love anti-humor and like overly long jokes. And this is that to a T. And if as a manga fan, another reason this appealed to me was that it kind of feels as if Azumanga Dayo and I'm sorry, Nichijou kind of feels like if, as if Azumanga Dayo and Cromartie High School were the same manga. And so I was excited when City was announced because it's like, oh, what's this very funny, very strange person going to do next? And I was elated to find the answer was more of the same, but even harder and with a little bit of continuity this time. Mm. So I brought it to the show. I feel like we have some manga experts here. We've all read at least 30 manga, more than most <laughs> in America, to be perfectly oh, honest. Oh, my God. Am I a manga expert now? Yeah, dude. Wow. You're one of the manga explainers. You are no longer wow. the manga explained. <laughs> finally the fact that you can refer to other books and compare them to them yeah yeah you, you got you're up there now <laughs> i can't we i can't it. pronounce any names but i can at least refer to the books yeah yeah as long as you don't say mangas i i'm okay with it <laughs> oh man <laughs> mangas <laughs> all right all right good to know mango to is know. okay though we allow that <laughs> okay all right good but so i went to start with Christopher Butcher, what did you think <laughs> of City? <laughs> Last three episodes I listened to, it's like, I want to start with mm, uh, Christopher Butcher on this one. You should just be used to it by now. You should be prepared. Yeah, I'm not. I'm never. I'm never prepared. <laughs> it's my favorite manga explaining subplot. Yeah. <laughs> Great. The, the, the wiki will have a field day with this episode. I like this, but I don't love it. And that's mm-hmm. that's my review. I like it, but I don't love it. And I think it might, it's starting to maybe think it's me because I felt the same way after finishing this that I felt after reading Yiltzpa, which was our last sort of big comedy mo- beloved manga series where it was mm-hmm. just like the jokes are all there and I get them, but I never, I think I only chuckled out loud at the realization uh, that came halfway through because this is a series of interconnected stories the one i actually chuckled out out loud was the trying to peek up the girl's skirt on the escalator (laughs) (laughs) 
when the manga the mangaka is out of ideas and the editors they're like oh this might be something that you could do i was on a escalator and i saw someone was wearing a skirt so i stepped backwards two steps to see if i could see up their skirt but i didn't and that was like where the joke ends and it's like the deadest joke on the page and it's so <laughs> yeah. you realize oh it's the it's the guy from like two, yeah, yeah. two stories ago who was wearing the skirt around the city because he thinks it's his like horoscopes lucky whatever you guys are all cracking up just me relating what happened in the month oh, yeah. <laughs> so i kind of think that you are getting more you got more out of this than i did and it might Man, it might just have been mood, or it might have been how it like landed with me. Like, I, it's all there. It is mm-hmm. a well done manga, and I like I would read more, but I didn't. I wanted to love it. I wanted to just be like cackling with laughter, like I was with like maybe way of the house husband. And mm-hmm. instead, it was just like, no, this is good. I get it. I get why David likes this. And that's like probably the, even worse than hating it. I feel wow. Because it's like, <laughs> at least then you'd have something to talk about. Like, no, it's it's good. It's just like. I wanted it to be, I wanted it to kill me. I like, I really, really did. And maybe it was just my own expectations. Yeah. So, but I felt that the same sense. way reading Yotsuba for the first time where it's just like, Oh, this is like, like the, the parts of it that are good are really good, but I just, it's not there yet for, for me. And you know, might just be me. I'm Different strokes. I think. Yeah. Actually, I picked you first, not to tease you, but because I know you liked the invitation from a crab quite a bit. And this yeah. feels like that turned up to 11 in terms of being vignettes that are just throwing ideas at you. Mm-hmm. You said that. I was listening to that when I re-listened to the episode to do the show notes. You said that. Yeah. And I was just like... Do you get that feeling at all? Huh. I totally... Again, I see what you see. And I get yeah. what you're saying there. But like, for me, Invitation from a Crab... Uh, how do I put this in a way that isn't going to get me hated by both fans of both books? <laughs> invitation from a Crab felt like they weren't really trying like they were just like doing sequences to see what they amounted to and like having a really strong central idea and just sort of noodling around with that idea whereas this is like really like trying to weave threads from story to story building things up yeah i don't know what it is you know what it actually more than more so than yotsuba even it feels exactly like i got to the end of it i'm like wave listen to me where yeah. I was the like lone dissenting voice on way of listening to me. And even then I didn't dislike it. It was just like, it didn't hit for me. And I feel like this is the same way. Maybe I'm just broken. I'm just going to leave it there. Maybe <laughs> I'm just broken. What's your, what's your favorite comedy manga or uh, multiple mangas? Yeah. Mangas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm trying to think of what my favorite comedy. Oh man. Here you go. I think my favorite comedy comic is probably Haw, which is like a short book of exceptionally dirty cartoons that Ivan Brunetti put out like 15 <laughs> years ago. That is like oh, wow. so transgressive and awful that it is deeply out of print and no one should go look it up. But also like every page of that was like shocking. And it's like, oh my God. That sounds like upcoming manga's planning pick raw hero. So you're in luck. Yeah, I, I, like I think that's going to be great. It's it's actually yeah, Ha is perfect for people who are like Larry David fans who are, who are just like wow. Oh, the the last joke on the last page is someone pointing at Ivan Brunetti naked with like drawing himself with like a tiny little dick, going, "Oh, I get it. This book is funny because you're impotent, right?" And that's the last joke. <laughs> in Ha. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a good last joke. Yeah, it's pretty good. I probably mangled the delivery. I apologize. I'm trying to think of like what was the funniest manga that we read that i really liked 
Delicious in Dungeon Takahashi. Actually, yeah, style. I love Delicious. Oh no, you know what? My funny, the funniest manga, manga in to, my, to me is Golden Kamui. Okay. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> All right, longtime listeners of Manga Explaining will remember that I tried to recommend Golden Kamui in episode five or six before we changed the format, and Chip said, "No, I don't want to read that book." <laughs> what was my reasoning, Chris? What was my reasoning, Chris? Was it? I just probably didn't say anything about it. I probably yeah. Didn't about <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say. <laughs> I'm not so saying it's not I'm the not book. self-aware. It's hot with salt, right? Yeah, yeah. Deb, how did this one strike you? This one was. It took me a couple of rereads to kind of appreciate the way that things w- got woven together. Mm. You know, like something that was very incidental in one story ends up being a launching off point for another story, like the lucky skirt. Yeah. I love the lucky yeah. item as a skirt. And then later on in the book, there is this moment where there's these people at the newspaper, like with <laughs> this wheel, and then they throw darts and it goes, well, today's lucky item is a skirt. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. It, yeah. It's just like everything, like, oh, these are. It starts off super random, and then it starts like, oh, there's there's more things that get re- revealed, or like there's a reason why these things. And then you get the sense mm-hmm. that if you keep reading, more things would come up, right? Like, why do these the kids at this diner have these priceless prehistoric Japanese ceramics <laughs> that their mom <laughs> sends them? Who is this guy with the glasses who had apparently has bugs and video cameras all over town? Like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and something's just like, you know, like you can you can read the whole book and you go like, oh, okay. Things are kind of starting to make sense. Or oh, that's related to that. And but at the end of the book, you're still some stuff like you're going, wait, wait. I still don't know why this is happening. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and you just kind of have to roll with it and think like it doesn't make sense now and maybe it will make sense later or maybe it never will and you just gotta like sit down strap in enjoy the ride and know that you know a couple of loop-de-loops later you'll be off the ride and you'll ask yourself what was that yeah i think i want to get on that ride again have you read more than one volume of this one i only actually had this one volume oh so so i'm sure there's more stuff that comes up but one of the things that came to me when i was reading is, is that the the way that he draws the facial expressions and the the humor like the the way that shit happens like yeah <laughs> really unfortunate unlucky shit happens or like someone thinks oh, I'm super lucky I'm gonna be rich I'm gonna do this and all of a sudden bam something horrible and unlucky happens and it's slapsticky and funny and I thought this reminds me of Don Martin from Mad Magazine a little bit wow yeah yeah I can kind of see that actually yeah I like that. Yeah, or, you know, or even spy versus spy, like that kind of sense of that kind of absurd sense of humor, like or even Sergio Aragones, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that Sergio Aragones will have like mm-hmm. all these details and all this manic energy happening, and if you if you pay attention and you read it, you'll see little threads of it here and there, and it's just kind of it. You can breeze through it, take it on its take it on its face, and go, oh, okay, that was weird, maybe a little funny, mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> And then you could read it again, like, wait, 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 this connects to that. And wait, how did that go here? And, and then sometimes it's just like, there, there are moments where I just think he's kind of like, you know, like Tensai Bakabon or like Fujio Akatsuka, the guy who did Os- Osamatsu-san, mm-hmm. where he's just having fun with the medium. Yeah. yeah. There's like page 76 to 77, where there are people saying, he's been done in by who? And it's oh, all yeah. these, 
all these different ways that you can show a reaction shot or like, the, like 20 the, panels that always work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or just like, or page 97 where the, the crying manga artist who just can't, is just completely stuck. Like how many different ways are you showing these teardrops propelling out of his eyes? Oh, I, I, I love that. I love that scene so much. <laughs> or even like things yeah. like, you know, and then there's like a chase scene and there are people, all kinds of random characters come into the, the scene and it says, new minor character. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. <laughs> all those minor characters become like ongoing characters. Do they really? Over the course of the <laughs> <That's> series. <laughs> it took me a little bit to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is fun. I can't wait to hear what Chip thinks because I we keep picking manga with like, bad editors and cartoonists for some reason yeah. <laughs> I, I just said it but the, the the mangaka and editor scene was definitely a highlight for me yeah just beautifully paced and just hilarious drawings of them emoting <laughs> kind of the same thing over and over to extreme effect but the punchline of it all is at the end when the the guy at the newspaper argues that Oh, <laughs> you can't fire him like he's the best like what would we do without and then they tell him that oh no it's just like this other artist is going to be doing it and he's like oh they're great <laughs> <laughs> and instantly forgets about the original creator and i'm like i i don't think i've ever seen a page sum up comic books and readers <laughs> so much <laughs> He's That's like, you know, he's like, give them another chance, and then just his <laughs> eyes light up. For real? That's a major artist. Yeah, it's so so funny, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it, it it almost hurts as a comic book creator. But also, like, there's there's a subtle joke there too. And the first shot of the mangaka is so over rendered. Yeah, <laughs> when he talks about like he just can't do this anymore, like the fact that the artist spent so long, like cross-hatching something that should have just been black is a super funny joke on top of the joke. The interconnectedness of the story is super secondary to the gags. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's the kind of book that doesn't require rereading, but gets better upon rereading, I think. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I, I mentioned before we started how I read the first half of this a couple of weeks ago, and then the second half, like, more recently... And I kind of forgot the first half, so I went back and kind of reread the first half again to kind of catch up, and I enjoyed it much better the second time. It took me like 20 or 30 pages on the first read to start to get into it, mm-hmm. but once the gags start hitting, like they, they come pretty fast and varied. Like It is yeah. absurdist, and a lot of it relies on slapstick, but it's so well executed with such a, with such a great variety of of drawing and expressions and, and how to tell the joke and motions that yeah, it's. I think it's a super success. Yes, yeah. it's very accomplished. The way it pace kills me. It's like this is kind of a great example of like the power of manga to me, because the the joke about the manga creator we're talking about is like eight pages long, and three of them there's no dialogue. It's just people yeah. crying at each other. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so good. And like, there's just like quiet things in here that are really funny. Like when the roommate is talking about entering the photography contest. Mm. And first of all, the fact that she's in that, like that sexy pose in air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when the walks in and, and sees that, and 
totally misunderstands. That's super funny. Was she she's taking pictures of broccoli? It's yeah. artistic. Which is, which is ludicrous, but then she shows why. And the example is like a winning picture is like the most banal, boring drawing of a photo of like a cat stuck in a jar trying to get broccoli. And it's such a funny little drawing. <laughs> and the fact that what you would take away from that is I have to take photos of broccoli is 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 super funny retroactively. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's this joke upon joke. And it's and, and also just the fact that like when she shows her camera. Nagumo, you know, shouts, such a plain camera, and it's just a box. Yeah. <laughs> like the artist has just drawn them, clearly doesn't want to draw a camera. So the joke is that this is just a box. And that's why she needs to win this contest so she can get a camera that the artist doesn't want to draw. Yeah. Yeah. The one joke that, like, I already knew that I liked it kind of early on because I, w- I was already a fan of the creator. But the one where I was like, oh, this is going to ruin my life was the noodle in the bag. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. But it, that, it's like it's such a perfect slapstick scene. And then it just keeps and it just keeps getting worse and worse yeah. and worse. <laughs> and the sound effect is like a splop. Splop. Yeah, there's just so much of it. <laughs> the one is it that it just kept building and building and building, and mm-hmm. then after I after that, I had to order Chinese food because <laughs> it, it, it got me. It, I just had the mad urge for like like crispy chow mein. <laughs> there's something about this where, like, you get caught up in the manga. At least I do when I'm reading. And it's so unrealistic, but I buy into all the jokes and all the situations for some reason. And it just makes everything so much funnier. The fact that like, you can look at this thing and it's like, oh, this guy has... Every camera this guy put in this building is being taken out one by one by accident. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. dumb. <laughs> I know, and that's like that's not even like the main joke of the thing, right? Like if you if you remove the fact that the cameras are being destroyed, it still works so well as a funny slapstick scene. But that's just like mm-hmm. it's just like the icing on the slapstick cake. Yeah, Chris, what joke worked for you the best? I knew you were going to ask that, so I was yeah. just looking it up. Page fifty six, fifty five, fifty six is a page flip where it's interstitial between chapters, and oh, those are really good. Yeah. The boy is running in the dress and he's crying after he like leaves the, I guess he's leaving the <laughs> people who are laughing and pointing at him and the cop is there and sort of eyes him up. And then as he runs by his skirt flips up. And so there's yeah. this like joke convention in Japan, like panty flash, like so a school girl usually running and then like her skirt will flap and you'll see her, her panties, except it's boxers. And then yeah. the cop is just like looking at him. Good gag that plays on like all kinds of Japanese humor. That was actually my favorite. Yeah, I don't know. I I liked. I think the noodle. Oh, I think the crispy noodles. That whole sequence is came together the best for me. Okay, there's some really good gags. Really, really good gags in there. But the fact that they, it's like such good. It's well done, comedic sketch comedy kind of stuff. Because it's like, okay, how do we end this? We've we've we kept raising the stakes and like raising the, the the comedy. I don't know. I haven't done improv, so I don't have the correct terminology. <laughs> but we keep raising raising the stakes on this until we get to this like absurd point. How do we end the sketch? And it's bring back Skirt Boy <laughs> so that everyone can <laughs> together and then have him destroy one more camera. And that's just like it's so well put together. Crispy Noodle also has. I mean. 
it has one of my favorite drawings, which is the guy getting hit in the forehead with the cork. Yes, yeah, that's, that's, it's, 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 it's that's so, a Don Martin moment for me. <laughs> it's so overdone. It just makes it beautiful. But the my favorite page of that sequence is it's it's one thirteen. It's the chef leaning in, and even though like his mouth is always like wide open in that ridiculous shape, it's yeah, just him leaning in to whisper, saying, "We'll just have to cover it up." But his mouth is just so gigantic, <laughs> <laughs> and she just looks destroyed. And the middle panel of her just lying on the ground as he like basically leans in and tells her the plan is such a a beautiful, beautiful, funny panel. And the fact that her ears felt so fuzzy that I was in no position to do as he asked is it's golden. It's great. Yeah. My favorite gag is the cop wanting to shoot the sky. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that it changes font to like a really like kind of a heavy Helvetica somehow makes it even funnier. Because you can hear it, like in your head, it's like it's voiceover. It's so official, yeah, yeah. What oh a, man, what a dumb, funny idea! <laughs> oh my De- god, yeah. Deb, you mentioned duck lips earlier. <laughs> yeah. That has probably my favorite drawing in the book, which is the guy reacting to the duck lips. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> which leads into another funny interstitial gag which is him driving off and still vomiting in his truck (laughs) oh yeah i forgot that it kills me and i'm glad i'm actually glad really glad chris pointed out the interstitial bits because so many of these jokes kind of have like a a little stinger after or like a transition to the next scene and it definitely helps like the the continuity feeling but sometimes it's nice to just like have an extra moment to laugh at a thing yeah, and the thought of him driving away and still being just like, oh, so good. <laughs> After all those pages about how like the duck lips and salutes are like girl power. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! Kelly Sue used to do duck lip photos at conventions, and I told totally right. to send this to her. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Like, you I, gotta. I, couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking of her when I was reading this. I don't know if she'd like it or hate it. Yeah, it's either or. Because it's, it's them, like, you know, trying to be attractive to men and, like, you know, to, sh- to yeah. help, help businessmen by, what was it? Like, telling them to hang in there, but going with lifting their hands <laughs> while making the duck face. <laughs> and they're trying to do both at the same time, just botching it all. Oh. But even that has another subtle moment where Nakamo didn't see her completely fail. So, like, she's going to carry that into the future? <laughs> mm. Deb, what were you just going to say a second ago? Sorry. There are these moments where the, the slapstick, he just, like, keeps cranking it up and cranking it up. Mm-hmm. Like, page 34, 36, like, the, guy, the person is bowing so hard in apology, the forehead breaks the concrete. Mm-hmm. And then yep. it just gets worse and worse and worse. Or the part where the father is chasing the son wearing the skirt. And the next thing, he's carrying a boom mic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To yeah, kind of further the, the humiliation. Yeah. And it's like, this makes no damn sense. But it's just like, how can I make this weirder? How can I make this funnier? How can I make this more humiliating or more extreme? Like, what, what can I do? You know, reality be damned. I'm just going to, I'm just going to push it and push it and push it until it finally breaks. <laughs> there are a lot of jokes that are at someone's expense, but does it feel mean in its humor? Uh, mm, I don't know. 
It's a little mean. It's a little mean. Break that down for me. Who is yeah. it mean to? Yeah, Chris. It's it's not mean in the way that like I get why like David Sedaris is called mean in his humor because he like creates like he tells stories that are funny about real people or even then it composites them that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But this is like created from whole cloth. Probably you know there's some inspiration from the author's real life in here, but it is about like I think you said it best in your introduction. You're in this city where everyone is. I don't think you used the word bad, <laughs> but everyone is like <laughs> definitely the Joker, and no one is the straight man. Like they all yeah. take, take turns getting becoming the straight man. And the idea of being the straight man is you're getting picked on by the guy who's making the joke, and that's kind of the level of meanness. It's not too bad. Okay, it's it's relatively gentle, except for the cork in that one guy's forehead. That did not look <laughs> gentle at all. But even but still, he's that. fine after that. Is he? Like he's got a permanent dent in his head. That's his character design now. He takes of, it like, well. <laughs> he takes it well. He's like very out of comedy. out of the the comedy that I enjoy. This is probably like the least mean comedy. Mm. Like you just said, Ivan Brunetti's "Ha" is your favorite comedic book. Yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> this is like we're at like four percent on the on the "Ha" scale. This like it's like okay. like the 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 story at the beginning where Nagumo is trying to scam her roommate out of some yen. <laughs> like she's like the roommate is fine. Nagumo's mm-hmm. the bad person here and mm-hmm. keeps like pleading and pleading. And then, aha, I tricked you again. And then having to come back and like the repetition, it's like mean to her, I guess, but she's the mean one. <laughs> so it kind of cancels out. Yeah, she becomes the not mean one in another story. Like that's that's the thing. It's a roundabout. David had it like a hundred percent correct that yeah, everyone you, takes their turn. But you, but you, but that's that's part of it. Like you have her already in your mind as the mean person, not mean, but like self centered, whatever. Mm-hmm. You'll be willing to screw her friend over. So when she's the, the quote unquote straight person later on, like it's fine. Like it's actually a brilliant bit of storytelling to actually kind of set her up as somebody that you're like. Oh, something bad happens to her. I'm not going to feel too bad because <laughs> I saw what she did earlier. Yeah. Also, can I just point out that the end of her story of getting the yen ends with, you know, the woman saying, oh, that's actually my change. And then her saying, <laughs> I am blessed with zero, which is such a great line. Yeah. <laughs> I am blessed with 300 yen. I am blessed with zero. <laughs> That was a good good gag where the other lady shows up to get her changed. That was good. I yeah. like that one. The <laughs> granny was Thumbs a standout character for me. I was gonna say I, I pegged you yeah. as the granny the granny guy because yeah, I had that too. I like when my my note says I realize why David likes this. There's a lot of ass kicking <laughs> happening here. Yeah. <laughs> when the guy's like, it was 16 times that he got hit in one second. Yeah. I'm like this is like this is just Fist of the North Star. Like this yeah. is why I read that manga. Yeah, and also uh, like based on previous manga explainings, there have been a few like tough grannies. Yeah, it's a thing. I am a tough granny at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I always appreciate it. <laughs> the earlier Chris mentioned Wave, listen to me, which is I feel really apropos. Because in a way, Nagamo is just a younger version of Minari Koda, who is reckless mm. and always scheming, mm. back yeah, with yeah. men. And she even gets a job at a Chinese food restaurant that's not that successful. 
<laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Let's go deeper into that, David. What what right? do you yeah. like about this type of character? I think it's because she's so brash. Like with Rocky and Bullwinkle, they're kind of they're really dumb, but they're invincible for plot reasons. Yeah. And that's I mean, all those characters, like Boris, Natasha, Rocky, Bullwinkle, like none of them are outsmarting anybody except themselves. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. But they still like get away with it. And there's something really funny about a character who's just kind of so confident to the point of being full of themselves, but having nothing to show for it. Like yeah, Nagamo is trying to borrow $2 to take a picture at a photo ID booth. <laughs> and it's like, you can't really grandstand on your friend when they give you $2. Like, it's not cool. <laughs> yeah. But that's why it's cool. Like, yeah. It yeah. Like, Haha, I just took 10 grand and I'm out. Peace. I like mm-hmm. that. It would, it would land a different way, which is why I think it's only 4% mean. Chris wants to, Chris wants to paint this manga as mean so it can excuse him. No, man. This is, I told you. I, I said three times this is about me. For example, I thought that Granny was a kind of played out archetype. Really? The like invincible person who doesn't look like they're a threat. Mm-hmm. And it works because it's in the context of this gag manga, but it's not it like Hoppasai and Ranma is like the most powerful character. No one can touch him. He he has the best stuff. The old invincible dude. Mm-hmm. Or lady is like absolutely a manga trope and it's like i don't know i like like i said i i was like really looking forward to to this kind of thing and i feel like i feel like it grows by the time it gets to the end too like i feel like this might go into the category of actually i'm gonna like volume two a lot more because it keeps picking up on all these threads and building and building and by the time volume three rolls around i think i'm gonna really dig it mm-hmm. the like shiftless layabout girl the like friend who is friends with this girl for seemingly only plot reasons but we find out later probably she saved her life the <laughs> like the no comment the Toriyama drawing who gets a cork in the middle of the forehead <laughs> at the at the Chinese food restaurant like yeah it's like definitely and you know what he even dispels my criticism in the book by having like an overly self-serious mangaka who does a four panel <laughs> gag comic that amounts to nothing in a local newspaper agonizing over how he can't come up with ideas or do the work anymore and it's just pages and pages of like silent crying and gritted teeth which is like again a manga trope absolutely <laughs> like it even starts like oh we're gonna go into the serious manga point by having like a super pretentious film shot where you start zooming on the door into the keyhole or the the peephole through the peephole into the guy bowing at his desk and crying and you're just like like he's just really good like the one thing I will say about this is that Keiichi Aoi is good, and this is like really well put together. But it it doesn't; it's not there for me on this first volume. And I I could see all the pieces, and I wanted to. Yeah. Get. Anyway, that's my concluding thought. I kind of want to buy you like the next volume just to see, because I think that you got used to it by like what Deb was saying when she reread it. Like the jokes got funnier. Yeah, yeah. Chip said something similar. Same. I think it was probably familiarity, kind of ushering you into the world. And your ramp was just a little bit longer than ours. Yeah, and like I, the sorry, just one sec. My favorite part of reading any manga we read is talking about it with you guys too. I'm having a yeah. much better time talking about the jokes and listening yeah. to you guys talk about the jokes than I did <laughs> actually reading the jokes when they were happening. Which is also like 
yeah, maybe it's like how Seinfeld's on Netflix is starting this week in Canada. And we I've seen every episode a hundred times, but I'm still laughing out loud every yeah. single night as Andrew watches a bunch of it for the first time. Like it's it's maybe you need that repetition and that familiarity. I want to tell you mm. one joke and see if it would make you see if it's funny in your head. Where sure. essentially you get to the point where someone's like, Oh, I need help. I'm never gonna get here. I have to get across town in like five minutes. And their friend shows up by surprise on a motorcycle, like, hey, I heard you need help. Are you ready to go? And the first person grabs their box, runs towards the bike, and jumps into the air, misses, lands on the ground in slow motion, and has to stand up, walk over to the bike, and then get on and drive <laughs> off. <laughs> hey, thumbs up or down? Solid. That's solid. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. You should read volume there's two. No, there's no gags in this book. Where I was like, that didn't work. Like I wasn't. Yeah. Being a, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I am being absolutely Debbie Downer here, but in like <laughs> maybe a different way than people are are expecting. Like I think it all works. Like it's just mm-hmm. it doesn't it's, necessarily work for me. And that sounds great. Like I'd listen to that. It's it's true. And when, when I've gone to see like kind of comedic movies with Chris, the theater, when there's a funny joke on the screen, he goes, "That worked." <laughs> I was thinking about us going to the movies, by the way, and the only movies we've seen together are Superman Returns and the first Nolan Batman. And no, we saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh my God, <laughs> I laughed at that. I didn't even see the first one. I thought I'd be lost. Yeah, you, you, did, you did enjoy it. A lot of times in that movie, you said, that works. This is successful. The, and the, the thing you were saying earlier, just about the fi- the fact that you know you've seen the kind of the strong granny before, and uh, the, you know these tropes played out like, but that's that's almost always the case with comedy. It's just finding the new twist on it. Mm-hmm. Like the the granny mm-hmm. thing is the fact that she was basically just a sucker by the end. Like she collapses off panel, the same as the main character oh. does <laughs> when they realize like all that stuff is worth negative seven thousand yen. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like I, I, I love Way of the House Husband, but the idea of the tough guy now doing uh, a very untough guy job or role mm-hmm. is just, it, we're just talking Vin Diesel as the pacifier here. <laughs> oh, that's, that's meaner than anything anyone said about it. <laughs> it really is. Just, no. <laughs> okay, David, you work at this. Get them to put that on the back of the next volume. <laughs> <laughs> wow i'll pass it along to jenny you need like this kind of like this website where it's like the the chip zadarsky random comic quote quote generator we would kill it it would be so good that would be oh good. oh i should, that's actually an amazing idea i'll make it because people are always asking me for quotes for the books and half the time i don't care like sure just take a quote i won't even read it but yeah just shake it up random you know? one yeah 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 <laughs> And whatever you get, you get. That's that's it. That's the one. Yeah, you, just, cool. you put the title in of your book. You've got one shot at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to bring up one last thing and then we can do final thoughts. But one of my favorite things that this book does is it brought back the flip take where people fall off panel and their like, feet <laughs> fly into yes. the air. Yes. And it's such like a 1930s, 1940s, like Nancy type of <laughs> gag. Yeah. But yeah. it's like classic comedic reaction. It's like, this is so funny that I'm going to, you know, flop, essentially. But because it's manga, there are so many other kinds of flip takes, like what they used to call face faults, where like their face turns to another type. Oh. I'm trying to think of a good example in the D- book. David, you know, like the recent chapters of One Piece in the Wano arc, where sometimes mm-hmm. Nico Robin and like Usopp make this weird face. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Same thing. And it's so expressive. I, I, still, I still laugh when I see it. It's so yeah. stupid. <laughs> like, it works on such a primal level. Yeah. But there's this thing called, like, smart dumb humor. And, like, there are dumb jokes where it's like, oh, okay, that's funny. But then there are smart dumb jokes where it's like, oh, like, someone spent days writing this joke to be perfectly dumb, like, perfectly crafted. Like yeah. the watchman of dumb jokes. And I feel like this is kind of what City's aspiring to. Yeah. Just like getting those jokes out there, but also like the continuity part really throws me. Because like Chip said, it's a very small part of the book. But it adds a lot because he also has to keep track of all these jokes. Yeah. Like characters mm. recur, bits recur. There's a soccer team that's terrible that like becomes an ongoing thing. <laughs> See, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, they're like, how are we going to beat this team? And they're like, oh, we can play baseball while they play soccer, and they'll never see it coming. And they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> they'll never see that coming. Wow. And then someone call- is like, oh, wait, but that's against the rules, guys. It's it's so good. <laughs> but uh, final thoughts. And Chris, you can't say that you're bad for liking this book because different things work for different people. Uh, he just, let's he's start not with Chris. It's broken. Oh, <laughs> start with Chris. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm having, I feel like everything I've said has been a final thought. <laughs> I'm having a good time talking to you guys. And if this, if that, if this book could inspire this conversation, then it mm-hmm. must be a winner. And that's my final thought. Okay. Did you watch <laughs> Nietzsche Joe or read Nietzsche Joe? No. Actually, I've got volume one still sitting on my shelf, but I've never, never read it. Okay. It looked so good. Oh, I liked, uh, haven't you heard I'm, I'm Sakamoto volume one That's oh. another whole, uh, humor book I like. Okay. And that one is like legitimately weird, unsettling humor that kind of works for me. And I like, I'm trying to think of, <laughs> explain how you're, how you don't hate humor. Yeah. In, in 10 <laughs> titles or, or fewer. How Pick warm is your heart? <laughs> yeah, how warm is your heart? It's cold. It's cold and it's dead. <laughs> yeah, man. I liked Sakamoto. I liked House Husband so much. I like Golden Kamui. I think it was just like a different, I don't know. I think I'm just on a different vibe for my humor mm-hmm. stuff. But like, I also think that, yeah, like hearing you describe jokes in future volumes, <laughs> super fun. Like, who doesn't want that? Yeah. What's your adult swim show? It's not absurd enough for me. It's only normal absurd. I need Frasier level ridiculous Frasier level. (laughs) I need Frasier level absurd. And it gets there in the like last story and crisp in the last two two chapter story in crispy noodles. And if it starts there in the next volume and just keeps going from there, yeah. I'm good. I need I need Frasier deciding that he could be gay to be continued to be Patrick Stewart's boyfriend to have good opera tickets levels of absurd and this is like almost there you remember remember that when that wine cork got stuck in Niles's forehead that's great so good deb how about you at, at, at the risk of sounding like i'm jumping on a bandwagon i was not as enamored of this book as you are <laughs> yeah but i like i said it took me a couple reads to kind of start to appreciate it and start to mm. have fun with it I'm a big fan of like Tensai Bakabon, Fujio Akatsuka, and his mm-hmm. his his gag manga. And I, I always kind of figure it's it's kind of a shame that his stuff isn't more readily available in English because you can see a lot of you know just the absurdist humor that's very unique mm-hmm. to a manga perspective. This one, like also the other things that remind me of like you know Aishil Twenty One, 
Yeah, I love it. Like he he introduces all these characters and they all have this distinct look. And then he would draw these these scenes of all these characters in the city. And you no matter how small small he draws these characters, you can tell that is it is that distinct person. Mm-hmm. And and they are doing something that is distinctly true to who their, their personality. And like so City reminds me of that. Like even the characters look a little bit similar. He introduces them. He gives him a distinct personality quirk such mm-hmm. that when they come back into the story, he doesn't need to explain. Like, this is the person who is, you know, always short of money and it kind of is always a screw up. <laughs> like, you just know. Like, there's some manga artists like like, like Fumi Shinaga, for example, who does uh, Ooku, where my enjoyment of the book is hampered because I can't sometimes tell her characters apart. Mm. You know, because she That's doesn't put that kind of effort into making each character look distinct and different and expressing their personalities as distinct and different. So while the, while the artwork may look very, you know, simple and cartoony, I think there's a lot of thought that goes into it. And that thought makes, provides a good foundation for the, the cumulative humor that happens yeah. <laughs> with each chapter of City. It's not something like I'm like I didn't run out and buy volume two, although mm-hmm. this conversation made me think maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> I was more enjoying this conversation just because I thought I'm trying to understand David's taste in manga. It's weird, right? <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> I'm trying to figure this one out. <laughs> it's either like family friendly slapstick or like old people with guns, and there's no in between. Yeah, there's something there, and I'm I'm sure I'll figure it out one day. <laughs> I, that makes me I the think, main character of season two. I think I think David and I are the same person sometimes. Really? Like, I think yeah. I think th- that's where my tastes lie as well. Yeah, because it's the action stuff is cathartic, but the slapstick stuff is just so funny and heartwarming. You know, like therapists say, like you can't be anxious while you're laughing, and that's probably mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Chip, what did you think? I, I love it. Yeah, no, it, it, nice. It's a super super funny with a lot of variety throughout which i really appreciated i mean that's yeah. where it really differs from again i always come back to way of the house husband which you know i found did get a little repetitive as i kind of kept reading whereas mm-hmm. this i feel the gags are so distinct that and and with multiple levels to them that i want to keep reading to see where it goes Fantastic. yeah it's 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 super funny like there are at least like a dozen like chuckle worthy laugh out loud gags in this. Yeah. Like I honestly choked when I saw the retching panel <laughs> when I was rereading earlier. Today. It was really good. <laughs> okay, which one of us is gonna have to send this to Kelly Sue? I don't know who's gonna take that maybe, bullet. Maybe we can have her on a mini manga explaining listen to Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Sue yeah. explains duck lips. It's yeah. just the sound of her beating me and chip up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good one, good one. <laughs> yep, yep. But that was City by Keiichi Arui. We're going to take a break, and then we'll have a... Oh, sorry, yeah, can what's I... Up? I noticed this on the last episode that you hosted. Yeah. You asked us what we all thought, and then went to the break immediately, and did not give your closing thoughts on <laughs> the manga that you picked. And so, David, yeah. what are your final thoughts on City by Keiichi Arui? My final thought is that I read this comic so closely, I noticed the person who won the photography contest was actually the next door neighbor and the same lady who lost her points card to the cop. 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I have read this very closely. I am very into it. Wow. And yeah, I love it. It's like coughing, laughing at a book, at the reactions and things like that. Like I love flip takes. I love like the slapstick thing. Yeah. The like super violent old people. Like I've seen them so often growing up in martial arts movies that they're normal rather than like an outlier, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, like a young brunette video game star. Like, oh, that's just like what video game dudes look like, you know? Yeah. And kind of the same thing here, but the execution is funny because it's played straight, but it's not drawn anything like an action manga. Like there's not really an action scene. It's just like a single pose of her hand and then like layered sound effect, like impact marks. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, maybe my brown belt karate. And no, not going to work. <laughs> So yeah, this is just super up my alley. Uh, the same way Nichijo was up my alley. I would watch random episodes of Nichijo, you know, in shuffle order on bad days. Mm. That's nice, though, that it brings you that kind of comfort. That's actually like, yeah. that's maybe the best recommendation you could give me to maybe want to check out the, the next one is that like, not only have you read it all, but sometimes you just go back to like, watch the anime or, or participate in the creator's other works. Just yeah, it's like a nice thing to do. And the anime has a lot of like asthma type stuff where it's like, here's a picture of a convenience store and it will like cycle like a daylight, like sun setting or something. Yeah. Huh. Kichirawi. Yeah. I'm going to send a big email to the manga explaining crew after the episode. After the break, we're going to have a conversation with Nick Trigata about Tsutomo Nihei. One of the biggest comments we got after our Nihei kind of explainer episode was people wanted us to dive deeper. So we did exactly that. And then we'll see what else we've got coming up. Stay tuned. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Welcome to Manga Explaining. Listen to me. I am your host on the scene, David Brothers. I'm here with Nick Trigata, the co-creator of East of West, the artist of a host of comics like Fantastic Four, Ecstatics. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, David. Thanks for having me. I'm excited because we're going to talk more about Tsutomo Nihei. I figured you would have some remarks after our last episode because I know that you're a big fan of his work and like you and I partially bonded over enjoying his work. And I just kind of wanted to pick your brain as like a longtime fan, as a deep fan, to see what the appeal was. So we're going to start with the easiest question possible. What's your favorite Nihei book? It's hard to say because I feel like he's an artist that's constantly evolving. And mm -hmm. I love all aspects of the work mm -hmm. from the early stuff, even to the latest. So, I mean, I honestly could not pick one and i'm just kind of excited to see what he does next and where he takes it yeah after episodes i have no idea what to expect which is always fun yeah and i almost <laughs> felt like i had to do this because i just need to rebut <laughs> some of the comments made yeah well let's start there what's your first rebuttal 
I think I my jaw dropped when I heard Chip say he couldn't draw or it was high school level yeah. or his spotting of blacks was awful. I love Chip. Yeah. The, the, all of those things are what drew me to his work. Mm. I love when an artist, I know, I mean, as an artist myself, I tend to tighten up. Mm-hmm. And that's when the work just goes terrible and I don't even want to draw and I hate myself and things like that. And what I love about Nihei's work is he's just so loose, especially the early work. And where Chip was saying, you know, it looks like someone scribbling in their notebook in high school. I think in the best sense, it like it's almost like artwork on someone's heavy metal jean jacket. Like ah, yeah. I would I would liken it to that from high school in that it could have been the coolest thing you've ever seen in, until you've experienced it. And, or the fact that it looks like sometimes it's drawn with a ballpoint pen mm-hmm. um, and he's doing like, especially in the early work, like blam, there's an incredible sense of gray, but also some really harsh, dark blacks. Mm-hmm. And it's almost the simplicity of the way he uses the two. And there's no fear. I mean, he's not going back and cleaning up lines or anything like that. And I just get sucked into his world. Like, I don't even know where you want to begin. Is it, yeah. is it the style of art? Is it just the imagination? I mean, his imagination is insane. Storytelling. Actually, let's begin with the ballpoint pen. I'm curious about that. Because you mentioned that to me before. Like, what's, what's the significance there? I, I mean, I, to, to be personally honest, I don't know what tools he uses. But mm-hmm. he's, he's doing a lot of rendering and a lot of, like, almost scribbling, if you will. And then coming back in and just putting white into it and there's just and he's just creating a lot of depth so i read that i believe he was an architect before mm-hmm. he was a comic book artist and the amount of depth and space he creates you know making these marks is to me is incredible personally as an artist i remember this was before i knew you or who you were but it was through the fourth letter. That was a blog you were doing. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even know how long, 15 years ago, maybe. I started in um, 2005. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember you just were like, you wrote a post. It was really minor. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a list of sci-fi manga. And you were like, you were like, I, you were just like, I'm yearning for some sci-fi. Here's a few I've read lately. If you, if you're interested, this is what I dug. Mm-hmm. And I believe that you did Bi Omega as one. It was just, it wasn't on Nihei. It was just he, he just made one of five. And you wrote something like, it's really weird. It's really, you wrote something like, it's beautiful and it's got a bear. It's right up my alley <laughs> <Yeah>. or something. <laughs> and uh, and this is at the time where manga like dominated Barnes and Nobles, and Barnes and Nobles were on it's every full corner. Kids. So yeah. Yeah, and like David, I think I discovered even the the your blog just like t- typing in like interesting sci-fi comics or something. That's like, wild. It, it was. <laughs> it was. And I read your blog post, and then I was like, "I'll oh, go check this." I made the list of like what you had written, and they had Biomega, and then I opened it up, and I was like, "Holy shit! This is like everything." I I never imagined, but this is I imagine what comics could be. Yeah, what this guy is doing, and at the time in my own career, you know, a lot of my work was coming through Marvel, penciling for Mike Allred. So it was like I was in this very old school tradition of just brush and feathering, and just kind of being a little frustrated and being mm-hmm. like I I know I have different gears and these are the comics I like, especially what Nihei was doing was darker subject matter. You know, I liken it to sci-fi almost horror. 
you know, a lot of it's like Giger-esque and Alien, but it's also Hellraiser. Yeah. And like, I feel like a Clive Barker vibe to it. said something interesting in there about like the organic and the inorganic in Nihei's work. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole subject, isn't it? With the story is like techno-organic. Yeah. One trying to beat the other or overcome the other or the joining of the two or can they get along? But story aside, the art is just why, I mean, I read him and I fall in love with it. Just, again, it stokes my imagination. So going back to like 2005, this is exactly what I needed as an artist to grow and mm-hmm. be like, wow, this uh, this is what I want to do. And then you couple that with, you know, five years later, you know, I do East to West and that like very much Hickman is like a world builder and like Nihei comics are almost like that's what they are. You yeah. know, he, he transports you to different worlds. And uh, it was just and just the space and the depth. And I don't pull off half of what he does, but it was definitely the the juice I needed, you mm-hmm. know, at that time in my artistic career to like push it to a new level. Was it more intimidating or inspiring when you saw it? Uh, totally inspiring. Yeah. Because like as Chip says, you you see it and like Blam uh, in particular, there's, there's such a few moments. There's, is it uh, Shibo, the mm-hmm. girl, when she first walks in with all that tech gear? Yeah. I mean, you've never seen anything <laughs> like that, except for maybe when you were 16 years old and you first experienced cable from life, you know, and you were like, whoa, people can do this with, yeah. you know, shoulder pads and belts or, you know, or, or maybe apple seed or something like that. But the way Nihei does it through his filter, it's, it's awesome. And then she's carrying around like her generator or gun that's like the size of a refrigerator, <laughs> you know, and then Keely's gun is the size of like a cigarette carton. It's just, and it's the most powerful gun you've ever seen. Yeah. It literally throws him back and shoots through skyscrapers and creates holes into infinity. And then, so just think about what I just described. Mm-hmm. Now try and draw that, you know, and he does it. Just amazing. I mean, it's incredible, yeah, right? His sense of scale is off the charts. And that's something that yeah. I feel like that's hard in comics because, like, the page is only so big, but he gets across it's, like infinity. Yeah. And it's incredible. And I think that's where, with, with the episode you didn't get into, is the problem solving he's doing on the page to tell his stories. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm sure to him it's not problem solving. He's probably just like, this is what I want to draw. This is what I see, <laughs> how I see the world. But it's like, to me, it's like, I'm just like, wow, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just incredible to pull back that much and have that sense of scale. There's another book, Abara, which is which is a great starting point, I think, for people because it's a single contained book and it's got a few short stories in it. Mm-hmm. I think that there's the one where the character at the end, he like slices the top off of a skyscraper, like with his sword, <laughs> or it's like a, this massive statue, you know, and it just slowly slides off. Yeah. It's storytelling like that that are problems to be solved that he does flawlessly, and you're just like, wow, that is amazing. There's one of those in Blam that stuck in my head. I'll never remember where it was. I hope I took a screenshot where I think Keely is fighting, and someone slices the building, and instead of the top Mm -hmm. coming off, the bottom comes out, and you find out they've been hanging this whole time. (laughs) And it's like, that's the kind of... like. It's a small trick, but it's such a good thing as a reader, like narratively, like it's exciting. It's like, oh man, like this is much more serious or much more different than I thought. And Nihei excels. 
Yeah, I mean, so now we're getting into his storytelling. Yeah. And like Blam too, like some of my favorite moments are the violence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, first of all, those villains, I can I'm I'm not even gonna try and pronounce the names, but like <laughs> they're they're Hellraiser alien with these little teeth and ribs and organics. And then the girls are like kind of slimmer, but just and arms for guns and just as deadly. And then there's that one moment where Keely gets his arm cut off and you see, you kind of just see a blade coming at you. And then the next shot, just Keely, I believe it's just Keely's arm just floating in space. You know, like he just pauses on moments where I think like in American storytelling, we're very much like one, two, got to show the guy winding up to throw the sword. He's letting yeah. go of the sword. Now it's flying through the air. And then here it goes through Keely. And then here's, you know, he gets it to you in like two panels and you're like, whoa, what? That just happened? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then you're on to the next thing. Have you read the final chapter of Episims yet? No, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, man. Uh, There's one bit that's similar. I'm not going to spoil it or anything like that. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for your podcast because it made me like want to go back and rediscover all of it. I think I'm like yeah. up to like 12 in Episims. Like I got a ways. The weekend after we recorded the podcast, I sat down and finished Episims so that I could be ready for the final <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reading so much of that book at once reminded me of something else Nihei does, which is like the anticlimax. Like he has like the big, mm-hmm. like crazy explosions, but then sometimes like someone gets hit in the head with a brick and they're dead. And that's the end of the chapter, <laughs> you know? For me too, it's like Knights of Sidonia. Like the story just kicks off because Nagate is hungry. You know, he's like his belly's <laughs> rumbling. And that's it. And like he, he, as he walk past his dad or grandpa, you don't know if this guy's dead or alive. Like, and he, 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 it's like, like I think Chip described it well. It's like a chaplain esque. He's tripping, he's falling, he's hitting his head. And then uh, I personally love the moment when he walks into the girl's locker room. And again, again, goes to that timing of like the girl, the one girl just turns and looks at him and she like throws an elbow or a kick. And then I should explain, they all wear these anti-gravity belts because gravity could drop out at any time and they could fall and die. So they're like, they're tethered to the wall with a belt. And uh, (laughs) the next shot, they don't, you know, you don't see him falling or anything. It's just him hanging by his (laughs) belt. (laughs) And it's just like, so there's a lot of humor in it. There's a lot of comedy. Going into Sidonia now, the lines are especially his contour lines are much more finished. Mm-hmm. And then when you go back in the episodes, he starts breaking it up again. But talking about Knights of Sidonia, I think that's like, it's almost like master level spotting a blacks in some of it. How and come? how simple, it's just how simple it is and how he's still able to define depth. And I think a lot of these choices too come from deadlines. Mm. Like how much can you show and get away with, make look cool, but also... I can't imagine how any manga artist does it and does 20 pages a week. You know, you're celebrated. You're celebrated here. If you can do four or five pages a week, Mm -hmm. you know, you're imagine doing 20. So like, I'm really interested to learn, like, is he digital? Is he on paper? I it's like, and also the simplicity of it. I think Knights of Sidonia is beautiful in that way. Cause he really does get to a point in the beginning. It's a lot of spotting of blacks. Yeah almost a la Mignola. Like, I think they're like that smart and that designy. Mm-hmm. And then he starts to kind of pull the black away as he goes along and it just becomes white, black line and tone. And he's minimal with tone too. Yeah. And again, just as much depth as the earlier stuff where he was using all this gray and scratchy line and heavy blacks. 
he's producing the same effects and depth and scale and space with just a really simple thin line, Mm -hmm. one tone and white, you know, like the paper. Yeah. And it's just like, it's mass, it's master level stuff. I look at Apisim and I can't imagine that being analog. Like that would be so much. I know it. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm dying. I'm dying to see like an original (laughs) or if it's on the computer, like it's, you know, I just, he's, he's obviously, he's still so loose and free. Yeah. But it's all so right, you know. Absolutely. Like it's underneath of underneath all that, it, it's a really solid structure. I and mean, then we go back to like a, I think it's imagination and all that. And you know, that was always a thing with me. It's like when you look at comics that come from different cultures, you go, "Well, their imaginations are crazy," and it really is where they come from. Yeah. And what's around them. I remember when we were in Japan, you were talking about Otomo and how like some yeah. of the highway stuff was so like cool looking and Akira. And then you went to Japan, you're like, oh no, this is just what it is. Like he was just yeah, drawing yeah, what he no, saw. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh no, he's actually just drawing this highway that he probably drove every day. Yeah. Or, you know, he makes the cutest little vans. No, that's the way the vans are designed. <laughs> <laughs> and with Nia, I read that he, for Knights of Sidonia, he... He took a bunch of models and just kind of merged them together for the designs of his robots and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, you can see them. They're different parts Gundam and different parts other things. And yeah. But then just the lighting on some of those shots when he first unveils those robots are like, I, I think it's amazing. At least the way I would do it is like you would build that model and you'd you know, you'd make this Frankenstein Gundam and then you'd maybe light it with a light, take a photo and just, you know, turn up the saturation, look at that, draw from it, or even just use the picture. But like, that's the beauty of his comics. It's like, to to me, they're like that good that it's like, I don't even know where reference begins or ends. (laughs) And like, it's just, it's awesome. He creates amazing worlds, amazing worlds. I don't know of anyone that I haven't shown it to that hasn't been like, wow, I got to use this in my work. I got to read more of this. Yeah, I love it. Nick, this has been great. Like one of the main comments we got after our Nihei episode was that they wish we could do like a deep dive because we covered so many books over such a small amount of time. And Mm -hmm. you really delivered, I think. This has been like, I knew a lot about Nihei, but this has already been really educational. Uh, Cool. Again, this is just what I take from it. So I think like, you know, there's... There's so much more that I don't even think we've covered. I'm blown away by the work and I love it. So and I like like we were saying earlier, the way we kicked it off might be a good way to end it. I just can't wait to see what he does next. All right. Welcome back from the break. Hopefully you enjoyed that advertisement and the conversation with Nick about all things Tsutomo Nihei. We are here to pick books. Part of manga's planning is introducing Chip to new books and also each other having fun conversations about it, as you just saw. I do like the conversations that are like, not everyone's super into it because you get such a broad spectrum of opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, I know why it's good. Like, tell me why it's not as good, you know? Yeah. I go through phases of being obsessed by things. I had Daredevil fever a couple of weeks ago. I even started a TV show that I did not watch for like seven years wow. on Netflix. And my latest fever giant robots so i'm going to recommend mobile suit gundam the origin volume one oh. by yoshikazu yasuhiko and gundam it's sort of like the x-men of anime and manga in that it's like one of the biggest most important series that's also sprawling and very difficult to get into 
And this is right. the beginning. <laughs> this is like where you start. It's written and drawn by one of the original, you know, creators. It's got a very like tightly focused story, very deluxe presentation. It's only available in print, which is kind of a bummer. But the Toronto Public Library has eight copies available right now of Volume One. So Ooh. if you need it, it is there. But essentially, Gundam is the story of a young guy who finds himself piloting a giant robot to save the Earth Federation from the Xeon forces. And in that sense, it's a very traditional, you know, like Star Wars story, like, you know, chosen one story. But it goes to some really complex and interesting places over the course of its run to where the second series of Gundam was almost an anti-war anime from like 1981. It's called Zeta Gundam. I just started watching it. It's really good. But so I'm going to indulge my latest obsession and recommend some robot comics. All right. Deb, what have you got for us? Well, as Chris knows, I'm always so conflicted about my choices because they're I always try to think how can I how can I keep the mix interesting and you mm-hmm. know like keep it so that there's we always have a book within a couple of weeks that someone will be interested in or we're exposing Chip to something new and interesting about manga. It's di- that's different. So, what could possibly be more diametrically opposed to Gundam than romantic comedies? <laughs> Stoked. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna. This is pro- this is generally not what I like to do to you, David. But yeah. But I'm gonna steal a book that I know you love. But mm-hmm. by me being the host, I'm gonna force you to talk about why you love it. <laughs> Whoa. And that is Wotakoi. Love is hard oh, for wow. Otaku. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, what's that, it called? It's called Wotakoi. Love is hard for otaku. Love is hard for nerds. And it's about a bunch of people in their 20s and maybe early to late 20s. Four people, two women, two men. And they work in the same office. And one thing that they all have in common is they're secretly nerds. But they're different flavors of nerds. One likes right. to make boys love comics. One is a hardcore gamer. One likes like anime with cute girls in it. And one of them is uh, really deep into cosplay. And what's mm. interesting about it is how they negotiate their relationships with each other, mm. both as adults having romantic relationships, because it's not just about like high school, right? Oh, I have a crush on him. Oh, you know, what if does he feel the same way? Oh, I'm having sex for the first time. You know, all that kind of stuff. They're over that. <laughs> <laughs> they are basically 20-somethings, dealing with the realities of having a job, but also having this love of something that is in the adult world is considered kind of, well, kind of uncool. Mm-hmm. So they kind of go right. through these things where they kind of word or like, should I keep it secret or not? And I think that the romance and the comedy is so charming and also so relatable and grown up, but mm-hmm. fun. There's an anime series and I think you would find this I don't know, just kind of an interesting look at a world that we've been talking about before. But like, instead of like just purely nerddom, it's like, how does the world of nerddom and real life in- interact? All right. All right. I have to jump in and ask, Deb, do you know about the Wotakoi live action movie? I don't. I, I've seen it. But I did, oh. want to, I did want to interject that the latest volume of Wotakoi just came out this past week. Yeah, and I fell in love with it all over again. It was it, it had a ten month wow. hiatus, and then the latest mm. volume talks a little bit about COVID, like mm. what they're going through through that. And That's wild. Yeah, so 
I'm not going to ask you to read the the last volume, but I'm just going to. I was just oh, I'm that, caught up, so <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I'm not going to ask Chip to jump in and read the last one because it oh, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. But just that reading this new volume after about a year of not having any new ones reminded me why I love this this series so much. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, I heard the live action had musical numbers, and I was like, oh, <gasps> I got to see it. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Chris, cop what's rock. Your pick? <laughs> Oh, Capra. Deep cuts this week. Actually, talking to you guys about comedy manga reminded me that I did recommend Golden Kamui, like I think an episode maybe four or five. Oh, we are out of time, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) You are so funny. I love it. I love it, David hosts. So I'm going to recommend Golden Kamui Volume 1, which is also on the Shonen Jump app. Volume 1 is the first seven chapters. It's actually available on the Shonen Jump app. And I think because Deb picked Don to Don a couple weeks ago, Chip's going to have to get the Shonen Jump app anyway. So, hey, this is now free, or at least a good investment for you, Chipper. Golden Kamui is ostensibly like a serious, gritty war comic about like the fallout of a damaged soldier following... like the Russian Japanese war in like the end of the 1800s, but is actually an adventure comedy about trying to find a map to mysterious lost treasure that has been tattooed onto the backs of escaped inmates who are all crazy and hot in their own way. (laughs) And hot in their own way. It is. Yeah. It's like if Raiders of the Lost Ark started really like weirdly serious and then about two two hours in to this like epic ongoing thing venture music and jokes started basically <laughs> but it's set in hokkaido as well so you get to learn all about uh, native ainu culture in hokkaido and you get to learn about hokkaido and like war stuff it's yeah it's got everything it's got action and romance and sadness and pure jokes at times and cooking and, and cooking too yeah it's got food we love the food i think it's i think it's going to be a good read but also, I think now Chip is going to be really mean to it because I didn't like City this week. So either way, it's going to be a great episode of manga explaining. This is actually all three of these picks are really good for me personally. So I feel like I won. <laughs> all right. I do want to run a high concept pitch by you, though, Chris, because I really like Golden Kamui. And I was trying to think of how to explain it to like normal people. Okay. And would you say that it's like the good, the bad, and the ugly meets the three amigos? <laughs> <laughs> See, now we need the David Brothers random pull coach. <laughs> wow, yeah. It has, you know what? I, I like this is maybe going to turn off more people than it turns on, which is why yeah. I'm, you know, which is why you're the expert here. But I will say it's kind of got new Pirates of the Caribbean remake vibes. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a real, like, rollicking adventure. It has lots of dark shit and death and stuff in it. But it's like also like played like at this like insane high level of like jokes and and action and speed and stuff moving along, and yeah. like the serious points are serious. It's like it's like Orlando Bloom. You start off with Orlando Bloom's character, and then it turns out every other character is Johnny Depp in the whole book, <laughs> except for like, except for like <laughs> the lead character who has like seen some shit on the war. Like it's it's good stuff. I think I think yeah. I that's. I like your recommendation, and it'll probably people be more excited to read it than <laughs> comparing it to the much maligned now Pirates of the Caribbean series. But I, I kind of that's the vibe. Everybody saw those though; those made like a billion dollars. Yeah, 
Chris, yeah, yeah. Chris, we can put it as a quote on the front of the book. Chris, you've gotten so much better at selling <laughs> me these comics, and then you go and ruin it by saying it's like a million Johnny Depp's. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a million Harry and Burly Johnny Depp's. Oh, all right, okay. Yeah, there we go. With scars. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. These are all. These are all good picks. I don't want Chris to think this is a pity pick. (laughs) (laughs) Based on how we've treated him (laughs) during this podcast. But I remember you originally pitching Golden Kamui, and I was intrigued back then, and and, and I'm more intrigued now. So Golden Kamui is my first pick. Nice. Thank you, Chip. I think uh, the the nerd one, is it Wotakoi? Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be my second pick because I like that it kind of like it touches upon a bunch of different things. And I'm only putting David's third because he's making me go to a library. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I think reading Wotsukoi before Gundam means you'll get some jokes retroactively too. Okay, good. I have a hunch. All right. Is that the thing? As long as we don't pick a physical book, like whatever's easiest for Chip to physically get, like he'll already have a Shonen Jump subscription. So that's the book he'll pick first. <laughs> it's, we you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a thing for sure. Yeah. Spaces at a premium. <laughs> Sustainability, <laughs> climate change, things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. The lesson today is don't make it hard for Chip. Don't yeah. Make it hard for Chip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Editors at Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> I just. <laughs> Deb, don't they make comics in Wotakoi as well? They do. Well, the girl, uh, Narumi, is a, a, a manga creator. Like right. She, she we, makes that's another manga-splaining subplot, our manga about manga creators. That yeah. is true. That yeah. is true. Eventually, I'll get, I'll get to Blue Period, where we'll actually talk about art school. <laughs> <laughs> and without okay. any manga making whatsoever. <laughs> nice, finally. So we've got a couple of shout-outs to close us out. Who wants to go first, Chip or Chris? I'll go first because right. I'm, I'm kind of just playing on Chris wanting more Frasier in his life. <laughs> Over the past couple of years, I've been on a comedic novel kick trying to find novels that are funny, which is actually quite hard. Like if you search for like humorous novels, it almost immediately just takes you to like comedians and their memoirs, which can sometimes be funny. Mm-hmm. But for myself, nothing has really topped the works of Joe Keenan who's a novelist who is also a writer on Frasier. And so he's got like a three book series. Let's see if I get them all here. Blue Heaven, I believe is the first one, but it's essentially Frasier in novel form. Amazing. They're very delightful. And I'll I'll just read you the, the plot summary quickly for the first one, Blue Heaven. There's kind of recurring characters through all the books. It's like PG Woodhouse style. Jeeves and Wooster, but it's these two gay men in New York. Mm-hmm. And so the first book, about four friends who get caught up in an ill-fated attempt to scam a mafia family by faking a marriage and absconding with the cash and gifts that the prospective in-laws will shower on the lucky couple. <laughs> <laughs> They're so funny. And I, I was talking with them over the summer with Anthony Oliveira, who also really enjoyed them. But he said upon rereading, there are some problematic language in there. Um, so that's my my warning to anyone but they're they're super funny and super charming and i wish he'd written more of them than the three that he did mm, pretty good well that sounds lovely yeah. yeah chris what you got i got a weird shout out this week 
talking to my friends that work in publishing and manga and, and selling stuff online, which is a lot of them. And I think maybe the shipping situation and the printing situation and the delivering items to places situation may be way worse than people are are thinking about right now. And the holiday season is coming up and everyone I know is kind of dreading it that has to ship anything to anybody. So my my shout out this week is for local retail. <laughs> I know this is going to sound like real basic, but like if you can buy holiday gifts or what have you from a local retailer and just buy what's in stock, like it sounds like the most capitalist <laughs> recommendation of all time, but like yeah, things that you think you're going to order in time for Christmas in October are maybe not going to come. Things that you that are supposed to be published before the end of the year maybe aren't going to be published, and it's not your local retailer's fault. Like a lot of the manga we we even talk about right now, like there's a reason we're not covering Demon Slayer or Jujutsu Kaisen, and it's because Volume One is just like never in stock anymore because getting things printed is is really tough. So pick older titles that people have copies sitting on the shelves. Already. <laughs> yeah. So my my shout out is for local retail. Like if you can do your shopping at a retailer and buy things that are in stock this year, as opposed to ordering or waiting or any of that kind of stuff, you're going to be happy. Uh, you're not going to have a bad time. But if you try to order things online, it's going to it's going to be a rough, rough year. I think USPS in particular is kind of already at their limit and it's only October. So Good luck. Oh, they just made everything Everybody. worse with uh, post office too. It's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I think they extended all the delivery days by like two. Like if you're shipping cross country, it takes like five days now instead of two and a half or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's only going to get worse. I think we have a horrible person at the head. Yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. great. Like I've done, I've been a holiday bookseller, and it is not a fun time. Let's say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where people are shaking their your fist, their fists at you and going like, "Why do you not have this thing that I need?" We're lucky that if I want. they're shaking their fists. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> tickle me on all over again. Man, I miss Japan. <laughs> I I have worked I've worked Christmas Eve multiple times. People coming in with lists that their kids or somebody has on Christmas Eve. Going, this is all the stuff on their list. Do you have anything left? And it's <gasps> like, no, it's December twenty fourth. Like. No, yeah. where, why didn't you like, and whatever people get paid, people get holiday bonuses. I'm not trying to judge, but I'm also trying to say if you could do your shopping a little early or take what is available. We'll all have a little bit less strain on an already insane <laughs> situation that's if going on. If you've ever seen a today. Christmas movie, you know, not to go shopping on Christmas 24, December really? 24. <laughs> I like you can always make these though. lovely handmade <laughs> gift certificates that say, someday I will get you this thing. I just could not find it on God's green earth. Yes. <laughs> I would recommend not doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kids love it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll put well, my, well, my shout is I want to, I yeah. put in an order for the demon slayer box set because that is the mm. only way you can get demon slayer volume one. <laughs> and wow. that's what like 8,000 pages of books or something like that in the box set. It's I think like 30, 20 or 30 volumes, which in yeah. the in the one piece scheme of things, doable. <laughs> Jeez. I've enjoyed re reading and rereading Demon Slayer over and over again because I'll see like different I'll appreciate the characters a little bit more. So I thought, mm. oh yeah, this is a this is a buy. This is a solid buy. I will I will cough it up. Nice. I- All right. 
I do not have a shout out because I've been too busy playing Super Robot Wars T, which has a bunch of giant robots in it. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for listening to Manga Explaining, and we will catch you next week. This has been Manga Explaining, episode 35. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga Dandadan, chapters 1 through 8. Normally, we tell you to consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop, and that you can find one near you at comicshoplocator.com, or even that you can check your local library for print and digital lending options. But this is a digital-only title for now, so please visit viz.com slash shonenjump slash chapters slash dan D-A-D-A-N. Make sure you follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplaining.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment this episode. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.